the Brian and Jan podcast, and looky here. Oh, yeah, looky here what I got, fellas. You got a conservative crusader right here. Looky what I got over there. It's the lovable liberal Brian Whitman. You're very nice to say that because uh, I just uh, get over. It's nice when people say you're a lovable liberal. It's nice to say that you're loved. Let me tell you what you are. You're a conservative science experiment where we can actually have full unfettered access to the liberal brain. You can. In fact, we do a segment on our radio show in Los Angeles, and we've done it when Jennifer is the host for our pal right here at SebGorka.com on Apple Podcasts. And Always fun to fill in. And we, we do Ask a Liberal. You fill in. You're the host, and you're fantastic. Thank you. And you call me up, and I'm napping, but I get up right away. And you're so sweet, because I know that's prime nap time. And we do Ask a Liberal, and you can ask me anything about my genetics... My favorite is, what are you thinking? Right. Sometimes it's, are you serious? Sometimes the questions are brief. And the answers are complex and a lot longer than the questions. And sometimes I don't know the answer. And I just say, it's just the way I am. I had a man approach us at a recent radio station event. Really? Yes. And he uh, was, uh, well, you know, um, if you see... A thousand people in a room and they all are sort of dressed similarly. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Guy He's a standout. Who stands out because of the shorts or because of the shirt and what it says or the whatever. The He's hat. a creative dresser. Approaches me, and the, here's my answer. So we'll do a little Ask a Liberal. Mm-hmm. Sure. Comes up to me, Brian and Jen. It's a podcast. We're celebrating everything. A guy comes up, radio listener. He says, so uh, you're, you're the liberal, huh? You're, you're it. Huh? You're, you're, you're the liberal. Huh? It kind of came out like that. Mm-hmm. And I – looked at him and I said, yes, I am. I said, I certainly am a liberal. That's me. And he said to me. Compared to this one. And then you looked at me and went, whoa. <laughs> Actually, you, I was alone <laughs> with him. So very, I was too alone with this man at this moment. And he said to me, so how? I mean, why? I mean, what? What? what how? Who? Huh? <laughs> and I said to him, well, because I wanted to get away from him. I shouldn't say that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And this is the Brian and Jen podcast. So I'm just going to tell you the truth. I was running for the elevator. He said, so how, why did you become a liberal? How could you? Uh, huh? And I said to him, and I say it to everyone here in the podcast, how am I a liberal? Why am I a liberal? It's how God made me. When did you decide to become I mean, a- he always had his off days. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> when did you decide to be a conservative person and to view the world politically from a conservative political philosophy standpoint or, or worldview? I evolved quickly. Well, I, my very first vote. It was actually rhetorical, but go well, ahead. Well, no, but oh, my very first vote was, was for, for, uh, Bob Dole. But Bob Dole, yeah. First real vote. I actually registered as a Republican at 17. Wait a minute. First real vote. Are you suggesting voter fraud? Please welcome to California. That's all we have. But no, I did not engage in voter fraud. I uh, registered at 17, voted in my first presidential election at 18. So you voted in 96 for Bob Dole against a wildly popular President Bill Clinton. Yes, I voted for Bob Dole. And I actually admitted, I can't believe I want to say this, I actually was rooting for Pat Buchanan. But then when he fell out, I was a Bob Dole oh, person. Oh, don't go tell me that. It's you, true. You work with someone, you're the friends for years. and that I have really- a sticker, a Buchanan sticker. But he got a little ah. strange after he ran. During that election, I liked him. Actually, you know, I would say the reverse is true. With Patrick Buchanan. I would say he was more out there. Really? I'm going to make a reference, and our Brian and Jen podcast listeners of a, of a certain age might remember that 1992 convention speech that Pat Buchanan made from Houston, Texas, I believe. 
the Astrodome, I believe. And it was just a horror show. Even the that was back then when the Republican Party, one of their guys would get up there, you know, big Republican, anyone you can think of and would say the most outrageous things. And the Republican Party back then would actually stand up, say had vertebrae and they would stand like I'm doing now. And they said, no, 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 we don't like that. See, this is one of those things we disagree about. I actually think the Republican Party has more backbone now than we ever did. Before, everybody was busy apologizing for themselves, kowtowing down to the news media. Now, we actually stand up and fight. I actually think the backbone has grown in the Republican Party. But I will admit, just to finish this conversation, that yeah. I know we're going to talk about all sorts of things. No, but I don't disagree with you. I wonder. I'll admit Ooh, that you- in – the sixth grade. In the sixth. Oh, this. I love this, by the there way. There was a class election, and the candidates were Michael Dukakis. Oh, I love Mike Dukakis. George H.W. Bush. Now, now, Dan, you're being kind of argumentative. And the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Isn't that fair? And I was the only one. Who voted for? Jesse Jackson. Really? You're Jesse Jackson. <laughs> so see, I had a quick evolution. You want to know what changed? It was when I was 12 years old that I started working for my dad. Literally every summer and after school, it was probably a violation of some California oh, yeah. child mean, labor law, yeah, but you, you, I actually went and worked at 12. And then went to Kathy Lee Gifford's shoe factory in Guatemala. Hey, look, I had to make a paycheck. My parents weren't just going to let me you know, slide. Yeah, right. Enough slacking, Jen. And so I earned my keep, darn it. Yeah. And uh, I had fun and it's the best experience of my life because I learned so much. But you know what that short time between right. sixth grade that first and my first vote well you went from made me a republican you went from keep hope alive keep hope I'll alive never go back to you really can't do better than me so just vote for me gosh and keep voting and keep voting yeah keep noting greatest president of my lifetime while I'm you're rocking and rolling who's the best president of our life trump and marinate <laughs> who do you think it is of my lifetime? Yeah. What, are you going to give me a Clinton? Yes, of course. President Ugh. Bill Clinton. Of my lifetime. I was born in 1972, and you know the incumbent. <laughs> well, I was the good born. news is both of our best presidents have been impeached. <laughs> hey, put it there. Fist bump. Whammo. Fist bump. <laughs> You're on to something. Okay. Uh, coronavirus update on the Brian and Jen podcast. I'll be alive in your corona. Never gonna leave ya. Maybe you rely on me. And, and when the bottle's empty and you're feeling weak. Now, you might be thinking on the Brian and Jen podcast, pretty upbeat, up-tempo theme song for an update on a virus that is killing people. Yeah, especially when people are saying that this is end times because there is also a huge locust outbreak in East Africa, apparently, in the South Sudan. Is that really true? I don't mean to laugh, but no, yes. but no, you can laugh because you know why? It's no, you can't laugh about people losing their life. Obviously, if you but, look at endoftheamericandream.com, well, I really, they are citing. You know what? I have to rearrange my times. sock drawer today. I won't have an opportunity to do that. But the end times people you can laugh at. I think not the, with all due respect, not the virus or anything like that. But there, there, there's a chunk. It's not even a chunk, a sliver, if you will, of the global population that is very quick to declare that. It's not just end times, but it's like Friday. You know what I mean? It's not coming generally, uh, you know, coming generally revelations. Generally here it's going to come back, but it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa, ha. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, it, that crowd unnerves me. Uh, it unnerves me until I think they're right. <laughs> right now, I want to believe that they're not. So let's laugh at them. And if they believe <laughs> you're right, then they've got you. But I got to I got to build a cellar or something. I need a basement. Oh, you need a survival. <laughs> I uh, need a yeah. Yeah, fallout, a shack fallout or something. Yeah. OK, well, this coronavirus, uh, very seriously, last time on the last Brian and Jen podcast, the number of humans, mostly in mainland China, is where people are being impacted by the coronavirus, which has been renamed COVID-19, mm-hmm. and it was about 1,100 cases of people who had contacted or were infected, if, you, if that would be the right, with the virus, 1,100. On this Brian and Jen podcast, and it's only been a week, and not even, it's 73,000? Yeah, it's really, really... That's really scary. Well, and to be, uh, to be honest, yes, it's, it's getting bigger, and it is obviously... Uh, more people are infected, but the numbers are also catching up with themselves. I think at the very beginning, a lot of reporting hadn't taken place yet. I think a lot of people were trying to hide their cases. There was a big story about whether or not China was being honest about how many people were infected on their mainland. And I think that some of the stories are now kind of catching up or some of the numbers are catching up with the actual cases. I think you're probably I think you're definitely I don't know that. You, I think that's it sounds right to me, because obviously, if you look at any outbreak, I mean, there's more people that have it that don't know when the the word outbreak is first spoken, so it takes a little time to track those folks down and to diagnose them and, and begin to care for them if care can be given. God we bless do them. our program from California, and we have received quite a few people at our military bases, one in Northern California, one in Southern California, who have been quarantined at military bases in California. But now, Brian, it seems like Nebraska is sharing the fun because those people, and this sounds awful. In Nebraska? Who, yes, who were on that Diamond Princess, that cruise ship. There were a lot of Americans. Oh. Yeah, the ship of of the high heaves. Yeah, exactly. Well, now those people are doing their two-week quarantine when they get to this country mm. in Nebraska. They're at the Nebraska Medicine University of Nebraska Medical Center, UNMC. Mm. And apparently this is a place that where they treat a lot of kind of strange diseases. Mm. So it's it's a 10-bed biocontainment well, unit. Ten, 10 beds? I mean, they have well, a cruise... from cru- the cruise ship. But there are more than 10, right? Amazing. Americans, though. Oh. Yeah, see. Americans get the beds. Well, Look, in America, it, some of the other countries are shipping theirs out. You ask, why is he a liberal? And you just heard it instinctually there. Jennifer, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying... Are you supposed to take a French national to Nebraska? Why wouldn't you take him to a good medical center in Paris? I'm glad you said that because when I hear... Well, the first thing, when I hear... there were so many, I say there were so many people on that ship and you say, well, 10 beds, well, for the Americans. And I go, that... Instead of going, yeah, you're right about that. My heart goes, well, that's not fair. Why? There are plenty of good hospitals in Paris. Look, if right, you if want. You cough your you know way what? into one of those You ERs. want to adopt someone from <laughs> Wuhan to sit in Casa de Whitman? I'm sure someone would love to do their quarantine in Glendale, California way, with you, you on been, your couch. You haven't been to my couch lately? I'm sure there is active <laughs> coronavirus in my apartment. They're saying the vaccine could take 12 to 18 months to develop yeah. in time. I don't have 12 to 18 months. I need an injection. Now, here's, the, here's where the coronavirus, I believe. This is opinion on the Brian and Jen podcast. She is Jennifer Horn. I am Brian Whitman. She is conservative and lovely and all of those and things. And he's liberal. And villainous and reprehensible. Only some days. And he, Most of the time, you're absolutely a delight. I thought charming. 
Charming. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the coronavirus is impacting Americans who are not in Nebraska, which I'm that's a great story. But because I was out uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday and I was walking through a market, I don't want to say anything more than that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a big market. It was actually a locally owned market. And all I heard. And by the way, it's a market I go to probably every day of my life. You know, I'm that guy in the neighborhood. You're like an English shopper. You go for like two things and then go home. Well, you have to tell you, I'll come back for the crumpets later. So I walk in there and it's this sound. What then? I walk through the door. Hi, welcome to her. Hey, whoa, whoa. Spraying me down with a disinfectant. And we already live in a country, I blame the millennials' parents, who helicopter parent. And over sanitize, quite literally, with the hand sanitizer, they fill the bathtub with Purell and they dive into it with the kids. It's nuts. Yeah, but I got to say, it's a food store. Like a grocery store sells the food that you are going to be consuming. You need them to take precautions and spray some things down. And you know what? Spray down those shopping cart handles because that's just disgusting. Hold on. I got the other one. Get that one. Turn around. Me? Turn a little to the left. Let me get you. Yep. Oh, right there. You know, I was actually in a store this week. I'll say where I was. I was at Trader Joe's. Oh, you are a shock jock. No, I just went to Trader Joe's this weekend. We are not suggesting coronavirus. No, but what I was going to do a warning about is this. That'd be a fun meeting. No, no, no. Trader Joe's has nothing to do with the store. I'm only kidding. There was a lady in the front of the store who thought she was wacky. And look, I know we get paid to be wacky, and sometimes we might make a joke about the coronavirus, but this is very serious. I don't know what your contract says. Mine says... Job description, madcap zany. Right. Wackier the better for Whitman. It's Wacky Whitman. That's what we call you. There was a woman leaving the store and she goes, oh my gosh, everybody in here has got the coronavirus. This is what I'm saying. And this woman was saying it and laughing. You should have seen the death stare that the checker from my my line turned and gave her because obviously she's probably concerned. She's touching money. She's touching all these dirty people that are coming around in and out of the store, right? Don't move. Go ahead. And here's this woman joking about it. Oh, we all got the coronavirus. And she daggers. I mean, the woman yeah. would have been laying on the floor if that woman's eyeballs had knives in them. The point is, before we ever heard the term coronavirus or before they ever dreamed up COVID-19, we were an over-sanitizing population and country to begin with. All these wackos. By the way, one day, this sounds like a strange invitation, but one day I'll take you to the men's room. And I'm the shock jock. And you'll see the guys, <laughs> and I'm one of them. I exit the men's room without ever touching anything from the door handle to the to the to the towel dispenser. I'm sort of like a contortionist. You in do there. touch the soap and water, though, right? No, but no, you elbow to get the soap out, and then you put your hand under there, and then sort of like Spider Man, or or think of the most spectacular Cirque du Soleil performance you've ever seen. Yeah. I, I'm like that guy, and I actually with osmosis just drift through the door without well, ever Well, what about having... you can going after the millennials for not letting their kids get dirty? Well, they're not all dumb. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, so then you, you know, it's like I worked with a guy and he's not dumb. He's my friend. But it, he carried the hand sanitizer. Yeah. That's kind of gone away. I must say I don't see much of that. But since this coronavirus. You don't go shopping with me very much. Oh, you're big with it. I know him.
So what are you afraid of? Getting dirty? Your body needs to get a little – your a, m- immune system needs to work. It's not the dirt at all. It's the fact that there are a lot of people who sneeze and do all sorts of yucky things and then touch the handle of a shopping cart or the door handle. You just like to have a little added layer of protection. I think that's okay. All right. Keep your Lysol handy. Keep your sanitizer nearby. We continue to track the coronavirus, also known as COVID. COVID nineteen. Co coronavirus D disease. COVID nineteen. Nineteen was the year broke. Nineteen for the seconds it'll be until I'm out of the building. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Brian and Jen podcast. It's